I love this next guest. He's a Chicago guy who never forgets his roots. He's one of the best followers on Instagram, one of the funniest guys on the planet. It's our old friend, Sebastian Maniscalco. How are you, brother? Oh, good, bro. Just waiting to uh, get back to normal life. This is ridiculous. Uh, we got to open it up. First of all, how is your father? How is your mother? Everyone safe in your family? Yeah, everybody's safe. You know, everybody's happy, healthy. Um, but yeah, we're climbing the walls. My father hasn't taken this uh, this much time off since uh, he came out of the womb. So uh, he's chomping at the bit to get back to work. And uh, I think we all are. I follow you on Instagram, and I realize that your wife is super funny. She's very funny. Yeah, I guess a lot of people are noticing that, and uh, she definitely is an added bonus to the Instagram posts. Uh, <laughs> I've always known that my wife uh, had a bit of sarcasm to her and uh, kind of a, a little twisted sense of humor, but uh, yeah, she is uh, extremely funny, and uh, thank God for her. I mean, she's the positive one in all this. She's always looking at the silver lining and anything, and I'm always looking at it like this is a, this is a, the, the end of the world. <laughs> <laughs> You've always admitted that uh, you live in the negative and she lives in the positive. Oh, totally. But I mean, if we both lived in the negative, forget it. Uh, <laughs> she's kind of the yin to my yang. Mm -hmm. And uh, she's been keeping us all sane here because to be honest with you, for the last you know, I don't know six, seven weeks, it was difficult for me to adjust to this uh, life at home. You know, I'm always on the road making people laugh and not to have that outlet was a little, uh, a little daunting for me to kind of you know, be a homebody. Uh, what I've learned through all this, though, is uh, definitely, um, although I'm not a quote-unquote people person, I need a lot of people kind of in my life, uh, family, friends, to, uh, to right. make it whole. So uh, I will not take for granted when this thing lifts the, uh, the relationships I have with my family and friends. Sebastian, marriages all over the world are being tested during the self-quarantine. Oh, yeah. I mean, this is crazy. I mean, who's, uh, you know, it's like Groundhog Day every day, and, you know, you're bound to get on each other's nerves. This is not something that's natural. So, uh, yeah, there's there's going to be a lot of uh, broken families after this thing. <laughs> uh, I, first of all, I want to mention all the charity work that you've been doing, especially on social media. But first of all, uh, back to your wife for a second. Your wife, Lana, is a great artist. She's selling her paintings and donating the money to charity. Yeah, she. we did an auction for some of her artwork, and it went to uh, the Los Angeles Children's um, Hospital, which we're very familiar with. Uh, Serafina, our daughter, had some respiratory issues um, when she was uh, one, one and a half years old, and they did a standout job, and uh, we wanted to give back to uh, the hospital and what they were dealing with with this uh, virus. So, yeah, she, she's got an amazing collection of art. She's super creative. She's one of the most and kind of out-of-the-box thinkers that I know. And, uh, yeah, she's got a lot of irons on the fire. Uh, she's the only one making money out of this uh, <laughs> pandemic. Well, it's true, because you're not on the road, and that's how you make your coin, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're talking with Sebastian Maniscalco. You also were on, uh, you contributed to the Feeding America Comedy Festival on NBC, uh, which I thought was great, because Feeding America Comedy Festival was on NBC and the Weather Channel. Well, yeah, I mean, they go hand in hand. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> feeding people in the weather are just kind right. of one and the same, so <laughs> why not? Uh, yeah, we did a pizza challenge. We made pizza on there and uh, did the all-in challenge, which, uh, you know, I'm going to invite somebody to kind of hang out with me for a night uh, and do a joke on stage in front of 20,000 people. So 
kind of getting my feet wet with a lot of charities and giving back. We just did a virtual dinner uh, online and gave the money to Good Plus Foundation. Right. So a um, lot of lot of stuff that we're kind of doing in the charity uh, of it all. But uh, if this pandemic lasts any longer, <laughs> I'm going to have to do a charity for myself. <laughs> you and me both, buddy. <laughs> Let me tell you. Did you watch The Last Dance on ESPN? Best documentary I've ever seen. The best ever, isn't it? Where were you in 98 during the Bulls' final run? I was here. I've actually just moved to Los Angeles. I remember exactly where I was. I don't know the name of the bar, but it was out in Malibu. I watched that shot in 98. When they first won in 90, I think it was 91, I was in my buddy uh, Tony Sakala's basement jumping up and down with his mother. Uh, I couldn't believe they won the championship. So brought back so many memories. Uh, the, the Chicago Bulls' run in the 90s, uh, is a big reason my father and I are extremely tight. We really bonded over those uh, those Bulls games. Uh, we're the only family, I think, on the block that didn't have cable, so my father and I had to go to, like, Wellingtons and watch the game. Or, uh, so, yeah, we, we, had to, we had to go to, like, a bar and watch the game because my dad was too cheap to get cable. So, uh, yeah, we we definitely bonded over that championship run, and, and watching that brought back a lot of great memories uh, growing up in Chicago and those Bulls teams. I was really upset at the end at the when, when, when Jordan said that he wanted to go for a seventh run. I, I think we got deprived of another championship there. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, you, you look at Jordan, and he's still angry to this day that he wanted to come back for that seventh championship. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely think they could have won it again. But, uh, yeah, they're rebuilding. That's <laughs> what they're, they've been rebuilding since 98. Yes, since 90. We got close with Derrick Rose, and then he blew out that knee. Yes, yes, yeah. definitely yeah. so. Uh, we're talking with Sebastian Maniscalco. How is the weight, by the way? The quarantine, a lot of people are, are talking about the 10 pounds that we're all gaining during the self-quarantine. Have you gained any weight? Yeah, I'm packing it on. I call it the quarantine 15. <laughs> but uh, I'm definitely gaining weight. Uh, that's all I've been doing is eating. I'm, I'm, I'm cooking. Uh, I feel like I'm running a hotel over here. I get up at 5.30 every morning, and I'm making breakfast, waiting for the guests to get up. Uh, <laughs> and uh, lunch and dinner and breakfast, the drinking wine, like it's going out of style. So, uh, yeah, I mean, we're uh, we're definitely, I mean, my wife couldn't gain weight if she tried, but, uh, you know, I'm 46 years old. I have a, I have a bowl of pasta. <laughs> it takes three and a half weeks to, to work it off. That's me. I agree 100%. My wife hasn't gained any weight. I feel like I'm drinking like I'm back in college again, and I'm just putting on the pounds. I'm trying to work out like crazy, too. Yeah, it just doesn't work that way. I mean, I remember I used to have a half a pound of pasta before I went to bed when I was 21 years old. I used to burn it off in my sleep. Now, it's just, <laughs> I, I get up in the morning, and uh, my joints are, are, are tight. I'm like, did, did, did the pasta do this? I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy how food affects you later on in life. But, uh, yeah, hopefully you're going to get out of this. Uh, this rut when we get back on the road. When I get on the road, I eat I eat uh, healthy. I don't drink nothing. I, I, at home, I'm a slob. Yeah, because we get comfortable, and then we want to eat. We're talking with Sebastian Maniscalco. Sebastian, I'm going to take a quick break, and we'll talk a little bit more. More yeah. with Sebastian Maniscalco coming up next. Pete McMurray in the Skyline Studios on the phone with us. Comedian Sebastian Maniscalco, who's getting stir-crazy. He's ready to get out, right? List list the ban and open up the businesses. We we need to go out and uh, 
and start working again. Yes, we definitely actually do. in your in your in your state over there. Oh, I, mean, I, I, I wonder if these governors like have friends because I know if I was the governor of of a state, my buddies would be calling me every day, going, "Bro, open it up already." <laughs> I mean, do, do these guys have any friends? There is a little bit every single day. They announced last week that they're going to open up the patios now, so you can eat outside. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, that's, that, that's during great. during stage three. I mean, <laughs> so you can eat outside. Well, you can come to Chicago. You love Chicago cut. You can eat right there on the river. Yeah, no, I would love uh, I would love a little steak out on the river. Yeah, uh, now you're talking. The, the thing I miss most is just the family. I mean, just you know, my mother came over for the first time uh, last uh, Sunday, and uh, the poor woman brought a garbage bag. <laughs> Uh, she was willing to put a garbage bag over herself just to hug her grandkids. I go, what the heck? This is out of a movie. Yeah. you can't even hug the grandkids. You got to put a hefty bag on. I mean, uh, it's just crazy the things that you're seeing out there. And uh, I just wanted to, uh, I just wanted to get back to normal. I'm sure that uh, everybody else feels the same way. Have you done the Zoom meetings? Because I've I've done it with my family every two weeks. I have 11 siblings and my mother, and everybody just talks over each other. Yeah, we tried that the Zoom. Uh, the Zoom didn't work. Uh, my, my wife's family wanted to try to get 20 people on a Zoom. And, what? Uh, all the, yeah, the, 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 my wife's got a huge family. So uh, every day at noon, there was like a 20-person family Zoom if you wanted to hop on. <laughs> and I, I'm like, we go out to dinner when, when there's no pandemic, nobody talks. But all of a sudden, now we're on a Zoom, everybody wants to say something? <laughs> I mean, it's, a, it's amazing how Zoom has given people who really – didn't have the ability to talk in a normal setting, like somewhat of a, a platform. Right. You, know, you got people on Zoom talking, and it's like, bro, you wouldn't have got this type of time if we were out having beers. No. <laughs> so, <laughs> and you, uh, and, I've, I've given up on Zoom. Well, how about the Zoom meetings? You'll hear from guys that you went to college with, like, we're going to do a Zoom tonight. And I'm like, no, there's a reason that I don't talk to those guys anymore. I like talking to you, but those other three guys I don't need to talk to. Yeah, we did it zoom like that uh back home uh, my buddies got on a zoom and uh it was actually pretty fun we we ripped each other to shreds i mean it was uh you know especially where people were zooming that's always a good you know like when you see the per- i go did you did you wanna did you wanna talk in front of like your laundry room why are you in the laundry room <laughs> Uh, so yeah, it's, uh, but it's, 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 it's so played out. You get more than two or three people on a zoom. It's, uh, it's not even worth it. I just don't understand it. By the way, any, uh, other movie deals coming up? I know you want to get back on the road, but you know, you're starting to do movies now. Yeah, I was involved in this and still am. It's just, I don't know when it's going to start back up again. It's called spinning gold. It's basically the uh, story about Casablanca records in the seventies. And I played Giorgio Moroder, who was the kind of father of disco. Uh, he was the one who kind of was credited for discovering Donna Summer. And uh, I was learning a German accent because he was Italian and German, but had a German accent. So I was working with a, a dialect coach. So wow. that's supposed to shoot up in uh, in Canada. But, uh, you know, we're still waiting on uh, when we could do that. So. Yeah, there's offers coming in um, here and there, but I just like to do projects that I feel really passionate about. And The Irishman and The Green Book were two of the scripts that I kind of gravitated towards and uh, ended up uh, being Oscar-nominated films. So I only do Oscars or, or, or nothing. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the Irishman, De Niro, Pesci, Pacino. I mean, when you walk on set, no, you weren't intimidated at all? 
Oh yeah, no, I had anxiety you know, three days prior to going on oh, stage or on set with uh, De Niro and Pesci was my first scene in the uh, Copacabana there. So uh, yeah, I was definitely uh, nervous. But uh, once we did the rehearsal, uh, we were kind of off to the races. And ironically enough, I made friends with. A lot of people on that movie, after the movie, when we did the promo, I uh, got to know Ray Romano really well. We went golfing uh, together. Uh, Al Pacino and I have come, become fast friends. So a lot of the guys on that movie, I, I actually ended up uh, becoming uh, friends with after uh, after we shot it. So, yeah, man, that was a, that was a once in a lifetime for me. And, uh, you know, if I die tomorrow, I'd be happy. I, uh, I don't think Ray Romano gets enough credit for his acting. You know, he did the sitcom, but he is such a great dramatic actor now. He is so good. Yeah, he's, he's really good. I mean, he does the comedy and drama equally well. And, uh, you know, he's doing a movie, um, he, that he wrote. Uh, so he, he is a guy that, uh, really, really talented and one of the nicest guys you're ever going to meet. So yeah, Ray is, uh, Ray's a big inspiration, uh, for me, uh, just growing up, uh, watching everybody loves Raymond and being Italian, me being Italian. So, right. It's uh, it's a match made in heaven. <laughs> well, you can follow Sebastian on Instagram, Sebastian Comedy. And by the way, I saw a video about the dead hawk in your backyard. I have a great friend who comes on WGN Radio with me a lot, Psychic Denise Gazzardo. And I sent her a text. I said, hey, Denise, I'm going to uh, talk to Sebastian. He had a dead hawk in his backyard. Did anybody tell you what that meant? No. Does Denise know what that is? Yes. She said a hawk. A hawk equals communication, which is emails, phone calls, texts, etc. She says the hawk reminds us to look at the big picture. Somewhere along the line, we can lose oh. we can lose sight of the big picture. Get back to looking at the big picture. Okay, so uh, that took a while, uh, but now I think I am okay. I am looking at the big picture more than I did uh, pre hawk. So that makes sense. Yeah. No. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I thought it was something a little bit more sinister than that. No, no, but, uh, no, no. I, I dead birds. Everybody thinks you find a dead bird. That means someone's going to die. No, you're good. All right. And if you need a, if you need a psychic greeting, she's I got a guy. I'll send you uh, Denise's number, too. And by the way, we talked about Chicago Cut Steakhouse. The next time you come in, David Flom told me to tell you that he's got a steak ready to go for you. Yeah, David Flom's been really good to me over the years. Uh and the last time I saw you was with David in uh, Milwaukee or or Rockford. Was Milwaukee? We were in Rockford. Rockford. We were Rockford, in yeah. Rockford. And by the way, David Flom, he is the one that introduced me to you. He um he went and saw you in New York early on in your career, and he came back to Chicago yeah. and he said, "You got to have this guy on your show." And you just happened to be in town, and you came in the studio here at WGN. I want to say five or six years ago. Yeah, he came to New Jersey. I think with his brother saw me at a comedy club there, and then. Uh, you know, kind of exchange information and went into Chicago Cut, and uh, he's been a friend ever since. So, uh, yeah, David has always been, you know, supportive of my career coming into my shows, whether it be in Rockford, Milwaukee, New Jersey, or uh, United <laughs> Center, where I was just, uh, I can't believe it was this year. Was Can this you year? believe yeah. that? Especially watching The Last Dance. I'm sitting there watching this thing. I'm like, wow, I, I, I played there. I mean, it's, it, you know, like you forget like the history right. sometimes of the United Center. And, and then uh, you see a thing like the last dance. You're like, wow, so much, so many great memories there. Yeah, I love it. And I love Pat McGann that you had him open for you. He's one of the funniest guys in Chicago. Yeah, Pat's outstanding. He's got a special coming out that I produced uh, this year. Yep. Um, 
across a lot of platforms. So he uh, definitely is one to watch. If you haven't seen him yet, you definitely have to check out Pat. He uh, he performs locally there at Zany's Comedy Club and all over the country headlining. And uh, I'd, I'd give it uh, two, three years, and Pat's going to be uh, someone that uh, a lot more people are going to know about. I love that you're helping him out. That's awesome. Sebastian, great to talk to you, man. Continued success, and uh, one of these days we got to get back together. Yeah, we'll, we'll have a steak the next time I'm in Chicago, and thanks for having me on. I appreciate uh, it. I love it. Say hello to your wife. I will. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. That is uh, Sebastian Maniscalco, everybody.